1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: There's no argument that Mauricio Pochettino hasn't done incredible things for Tottenham. He transformed a disjointed, unhappy squad into one that was the envy of almost every team in European football. He's turned average footballers into world-class ones. He's created a togetherness and spirit not often seen in our game. And he's made the fans believe in a future with more than an echo of glory. But he still hasn't won a thing. And while the majority of Tottenham fans are behind the Argentines, some are starting to ask questions whether he's taken the club as far as he can. I sat down with podcast regulars Rick and John Bass, as well as interviewing Sam Peoples, the United Peoples TV, European football expert Andy Brassel, and the Evening Standard's Dan Kilpatrick to pick apart our magic man.
1: It's the fight in. It's the fight in.
3: Pochettino!
2: there's there's been some discussion about whether or not Pochettino's our greatest manager since Bill Nick. And some people would argue that Birkinshaw is... Even Ramos won something. Mm. Where, where do you rank Pochettino as a, a kind of... How important is he to, to Tottenham's history, do you think?
3: Uh, personally, I, I think... We, we, when we when we talk about history I think for, for me personally it's uh, like the our modern history mm. um, so where so where you mentioned about Bill Nick and uh, Birkinshaw General Birkinshaw as well um, winning the UEFA Cup <clears throat> and other trophies I, th- I think I think when he was manager as well I think we came second as well uh, yeah, we had a good job in the league yeah we had a real good chat of the league um, and when we talk about uh, Ramos, when we talk about George Graham, uh, they also won trophies. But in those eras, when when they won trophies, we were we were not a good footballing team. Just just on that, Ricky, it, it, the fact that they won trophies
2: and yeah. no one, everybody will, will kind of forget them. Does that not kind of lend some sort of weight to the fact that Pochettino has said that this is vanity? winning trophies is vanity this isn't what building a football club is you know because Ramos won it I know it was gifted to Ramos because he was there a very short time Yeah. but George Graham won us a league cup legitimately Yeah. but it did nothing for him did nothing for Spurs is that a fair thing for, for Pochettino to say I,
3: I think I think it is a fair thing for Pochettino to say but from the way I look at it and yeah what he says is it's kind of like if you win a League Cup, or uh, I disagree with him, if it's their FA Cup, like uh, papering over the cracks of your tenure, or, or what Spurs are about at that time. Well, Yeah. So, I think where he where he's thinking is that I'm going to be at this club for 15 years, 10 years, 15 years. J- judge me then. Uh, he he truly believes, and I think he truly believes that he will deliver um, a league or a Champions League or something. That, that's where you have to aim for. And I think when you look back at has he taken it or has he got Spurs to that level by winning those things, then he would be like, yes, I, I've taken Spurs that level. But if he's won a League Cup or, a, or an FA Cup, um, would we have uh, jumped up to this, you know, the, 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 the higher elite club mm. um, by winning those things? I, I, I don't think we would have... It's a lovely thing to have. Um, and I am... Do you know what? I like? Since I supported Spurs and uh, been going uh, religiously week in, week out, I've never seen Spurs in an FA Cup final. Like, in 91, uh, I was too young. And From then on in, I, I've never had the pleasure of seeing us in the FA Cup. And I, I'm fucking... My, my my childhood is spent of seeing blue and white ribbons on that mm, FA Cup mm. and I want us to win it so bad and with this history of Tottenham and being the FA Cup team um, I want us to win it so bad but then also from his point of view from that non um, fan, uh, fan kind of perspective it. and him saying that you know judge me at the end kind of that's what I think he that's what I think he means that mm. Um, we could win a league cup and FA cup, and he could go, and then Pochettino would become George Graham. He would become it's just that good Hunter manager. End never good, kind of... good manager got got got, uh, got the league cup, got the FA cup, and that's it. But I I think, and not not only do I think, but if you see the trajectory of where we are finishing in the league, um, I think you, if you see the the new uh, world class stadium, the new world class training facilities, the new um the kind of the, the people that we are uh, that gravitate towards Tottenham of that that class player i ge- i genuinely believe we are on the cusp of something amazing and i think he sees that and he thinks it it's it's in, it's in touching distance for him and it's in touching distance for the other players and because we have this connection with Tottenham and it is so close and it's so painful that we're we're not there we we need that mm. we need that stop gap
2: um yeah, I get that, and, and I think it, kind of attaining those super kind of elite trophies requires kind of Champions League football, and mm. what's going to have to go to the wayside is the domestic cups. Now, I'm not saying that's what I think, but that's what I think Pochettino thinks, and that would be the most se- sensible, pragmatic way of looking at it. Mm. John, w- w- when you look back at Pochettino's reign, it's not obviously winning trophies mm. that, that that kind of comes to the fore. Sure, but what, what's your feeling? What what feeling comes through?
4: Well, I just have like a, a really positive, like overall um, feeling when I think about Poch because I, I feel like he's not only has he created this uh, goodwill around the club, so I feel that the players care. Which, again, you know, in the kind of grand scheme of things, isn't a really important thing in football. But I think for fans, you want to know that the players, when they put on that shirt, that they're playing for it. And I think he demands that from players. And I think that I look at a lot of other clubs. And fans, kind of through gritted teeth, try and pretend that they love their team and that they love their players. But deep down, they know that they're just transient players that don't, don't give a shit, ultimately. Mm. And what I think is really good about what Poch has done is he's actually built and installed this, this feeling of, of caring about what Tottenham stands for and what it means. And that doesn't mean that all the players all the time feel that, but they understand the importance of it. Um, and also, I think what, what he's doing, and it's, it's a little bit kind of what Rick said, is that he's trying to build a dynasty. Now, it's not happened yet, but it's like if you looked at Ferguson in his first season at United before he went on to, to dominate English football. If you'd said then, is this guy the best manager we've ever had? We're never calling for the... his head. Exactly, but, right.
2: But to be fair, he's... that was in Ferguson's first season. This is, Pochettino's fourth
4: or fifth. True, but what we've achieved in a sense of, if you look at, you can only compete with what's around you. If you actually look at the top, the top echelons of English football, so the likes of Manchester United, Liverpool... Chelsea, Arsenal, City, the budgets that they've got, like the historical element of being in the Champions League consistently over the amount of time, what that's got. To to do what we've done in the last three or four seasons, to be finishing second, third and around that area consistently, whilst building this world class stadium, whilst building this training facility, and to play the brand of football that we've been playing, I think is incredible and I've there's nothing that's given me more pleasure than just watching us play week in, week out and, and you know, the likes of Harry Kane, who's come through our academy leading the line for us. It's just, I genuinely feel like it's a pleasure watching us.
3: And like for, for me, it's kind of, for years, it doesn't matter the manager. Um, we have been living in uh, a, a team where Yellow Belly Tottenham, mm. they would get run over, the slightest bit of pressure, like they will get turned over and stuff like that. And at the moment, there is this, you know, that that uh, winning mentality that never, Still, uh, that, that mm. uh, uh, you know, um, never say die attitude. And we are playing up until the ninety third minutes, you know, uh, uh, and we we get the goals, we get the results and stuff like. That. I've never seen that, yeah. or from my memory of uh, Spurs, and that is something that I love. So that's the mentality that he has changed. Also, with uh, we, we we live in a world now where it's, it's very short term and to be able to apply a, a philosophy, a mentality of the way we play, how we play um, and everything that's around it and how you carry yourself professionally, you don't really see that. You see a lot of managers, and we've most certainly seen it, where they come in, do a bit of patchwork, oh, we need a left winger, we need yeah. a right winger. Mm. They come in very short term. He has not only done the philosophy not only has uh, he come in with a mentality but he's also uh, blood in youth as well um so it, it it's it's those three things that we've allowed him to do in that time that, that I haven't seen from other managers because mm. you know martin yo had a good uh, a good uh, good run and he, and he he had some results here and there and stuff like that yeah but the comparison to the two it's at the moment, for me, it's it's he's laid the groundwork, and wherever he goes tomorrow, we have got an incredible uh, basis Foundation, to work yeah, to work yeah. from, um, um, and, and and where we go from if we if we do keep with him, which I think we will, um, and where we can go on from there, then it's you know, the sky's the limit. Is there
2: any part of you, John, that thinks that he that he's taken Tottenham as far as he can with the current kind of? situation he finds himself in under Daniel Levy
4: no because I I think he's never really had unless I'm mistaken he's never really had a summer where he's been able to just go out and get players that he actually wants Mm. there's always been something that's held him back in the market in terms of bringing players that he wants to the club, so he's had to, and it's obviously one of his best skill sets. He's like develop what's already there. Now I think that's actually been a massive benefit because I think he's actually brought on a lot of players to to do that. And you know, Winks has been the most recent of that. I, I like Winks a lot, and I think that he's a good addition. So I don't think it's fair to judge Poch because he hasn't actually been backed yet, and that's the thing that I that I said before. He's building a dynasty, which is that it's a feeling, it's a way, it's what Tottenham is. In terms of on the pitch and inside the club, and when he finally gets that blend between that feeling and what it means to be part of the club and the level of quality of players to put in the mix together, then I think you can judge him and say, okay, he's either done it or he hasn't. And I and I sort of agree with Rick that we're we sort of we're at the beginning of that process, and it's it's hard to judge it because football is so immediate, which is why I think the media just can't stand Spurs because we're not going away and they don't understand it. We're not spending 100 million every summer, and we're not going away. We're consistently sitting where we are and it's like I said on here a few times we just have to stay there because mm. eventually it will come round and if you back him and I think that at some point the club will have to because we will risk losing him and some of our top players then we, we've got a chance we've the title
2: From from a Spurs fan's perspective how do you think he's viewed outside of the football club like do you think he's like from my perspective I kind of think like any top job that comes up Pochettino's name gets, gets linked but from, from within our fan base it's almost like we don't know what we've got or mm. well, we know what we've got but we kind of want more but my question is h- how do you feel that he's viewed outside of the football club you know when it was mooted that he was going to go to Man United or they were interested in and that's the first kind of like cause for concern wasn't it because Real Madrid he kind of felt well that's a big job it's future him. Mm. whereas Man United seemed like the logical next step in terms of the size of the football club
4: yeah.
2: because it's domestic he understands the league he can go into Man United and do a job <clears throat> Um what do you think that? What? Because what, I'm asking you this because yeah. we were about to speak to a Man United fan and ask him about his feelings when they, he was being linked to to Pochettino. What do you think they think about our manager?
3: So, the reason why uh, Podge is being linked is because uh, the the things I have just spoken about about mm. uh, he's brought in this uh, winning mentality, uh, the way he plays, his philosophy, uh, blood and youth. He he understands football, mm. and I think. That people think if he goes to a Real Madrid, Barcelona, Man United, where he is back sufficiently with money, then it's the missing ingredient kind of that, that will take you to titles right, and I've stuff. Got, and, got... I, and I think that we, we are almost there. Mm. And it's, it is well, when we get into that stadium, it is going to be Tristel, Bast. if we get that money, then. And, he, and and it doesn't pan out the way we think then things will be different I've got
2: another question for you then John. if you answer this um, his record
3: mm.
2: regardless if, he must over it or have some sort of say in um, bringing players in mm. his record of signing players has been pretty bad I mean he hasn't got a great track record you think Deli Alli signed very early on yeah. um, I can't imagine that he was he came in and go get me that player from Milton and Don's. Mm. he signed Sanchez for 42 million mm. which I think he's a long way from repaying that fee. Mm. So Soko took two and a half years. That was a big fee. He brought Jansen in. Do you think that part of him is worried about what you would do with the money?
4: Maybe, but then I also think we, we never really know a couple of things from inside a club. We never really know how much involvement they have because there's all this talk of um, resale value and commercial value to a club. Now, a manager doesn't care about that. They mm. just they need someone to perform. Also, he doesn't set the um, transfer fee. So he might look at Sanchez and go, he's a player I could develop, he's a really young prospect. Yeah. I think I could develop him. Now he doesn't care if he comes on a free or he's a hundred million. Yeah. To him he sees a player that he thinks is worthwhile. So yeah, again it's difficult to judge because we don't know the detail of it. Um I would look at it in the case of those players that we've we've picked out. Um, like Sanchez I think will will go on to be a top player and I think he's doing really well for us um, already. Um, the like the likes of Jansen etc. Like you can have with players where it doesn't quite work and some of the best managers have bought players that were the top of their game and they flopped so there's no guarantee with it um, but I just think it's exactly like Rick said It's most people would look at it objectively and go well he's done amazing with what he's got, if you just give him some more resources, the theory would go that he would get it wrong more right often than not, so that's the kind of view I think
3: And I, like, I, just, I just want to add on to that, that I think Although, like um, it is like Pochettino and that the, um, where he has bought players and, and they haven't worked out, but I think in the the grand scheme of things, we will never ever know what how how him buying Jansen has has happened because you've got five players, you've got one at the near end of their contract, one playing in the Dutch league, one doing this, one doing that, mm. and, and all their stats are stacking up, and at the end of the day which one are you actually going to be able to buy and you have to take a punt on on those things that mm. i need a striker i need him to be in and around the box i need him to do this that and the other these five tickle the boxes that one's in a six year contract that mm. one's at another british club that uh, and they come in and sometimes they don't work and uh, to, to be honest you you look at you know fergie and some of the buys he he made a Jember, Jember. and stuff like, Well, exactly <laughs> like there the, there are a lot of it's a gamble it's, always, it's a gamble. always a gamble yeah
2: um but just historically, I don't go as badly wrong Yeah, I don't, think there, yeah, I, the... I, I don't <laughs> think
3: there has been a, a fantastic sign in that. Son,
2: maybe some. Yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm but anyway, uh, we, we spoke to Sam Peoples, United People's TV. Um, obviously, we're heavily linked with his move to uh, Man United. And, and we thought we'd spend five minutes talking to a Man United fan about what they thought about our manager and how, whether or not they're excited or, or, or concerned by his lack of trophies. So what do you think of Pochettino as a manager, Sam?
5: I think... Pochettino is probably the, probably the best manager in the Premier League. i put him right up there with Pep Guardiola and Jürgen Klopp. You know, everyone's going to slap him because he hasn't won a trophy in his career. But what he's done at Spurs with basically zero resources and to maintain and keep up with what City and Liverpool are doing, yes, have fallen short this season. And yes, he's fallen short every season a little bit, but it's not a surprise. But, you know, the players that he's brought through, he's made Harry Kane into... One of the one of the most complete forwards in in world football, and just he seems to have a real belief in his squads that not many squads in the Premier League has, and that's all down to him and his management.
2: So when you were linked with him earlier on in the season, what was your your opinion of him taking over at Old Trafford?
5: I thought it was the best choice, and I still do think it's the best choice. You know, Allegri Solskjaer is doing a wonderful job at Manchester United at the moment, but I would still take Mauricio Pochettino. Everything that he's done. At Spurs, I think he could replicate at United. Uh, His ability to bring through youth players, his ability to get that siege mentality among the squad, and it's you play as a unit. You know, sometimes you might lose, but you stick to how you play, and you play very, very good, aggressive, intense football. And I like that. And I like Pochettino. You know, he does say some mad shit sometimes, but I like him.
2: Um, Do you think it's a problem that he hasn't won a trophy at Tottenham? Is that an issue? Because Man United, obviously. I mean, it's getting less and less. He's less and less able to get away with it at Spurs. But he's had a period of, of five or six years, or five years now at Spurs. That you know, because we've done so well and he's transformed the football club. He's kind of that's a grace period. But some fans are becoming unsettled now, and I imagine the expectation at Man United would be even greater than it is at Tottenham. They know how good a manager he is, and if you go to Man United, you're expected to win. Trophies immediately because of the investment and in the size of the football club.
5: Is it a problem that he, he doesn't know how I, to win yet? I suppose you can't ignore the fact that it would be the cloud hanging over his head. But, you know, from everything that he's done at Spurs, I think he's he, he sort of because he's been, for me, so successful with what he's got at Spurs, there would be an expectation straight away at Manchester United. Because for a lot of people looking in, the only thing that he hasn't had. Is the investment is to be able to match Liverpool and City in the transfer market, and if you had that at Manchester United, yes, you would take that year or two at United to basically reconstruct our entire squad, you know, because he's a man who loves his fullbacks and our fullbacks are shit. Antonio Valencia is going to leave. Ashley Young shouldn't be starting at right back for United, and Luke Shaw, I think, can become could become a wonderful player under Pochettino, and there, but there's so many areas in that squad he'd have to improve first. We'll get a grace period as such at United, but there would be a massive expectation on him to deliver the Premier League. You know, United have won the Europa League and we've won the FA Cup and the League Cup all since Fergie retired. So for a five-year slump, we've not exactly done bad, but the trophies that matter to United fans in terms of what we're aiming for and our achievements, and that's the Premier League and the Champions League. So there would be a, a pressure on him, but he would get a slight grace period in, in the fact that our squad does need to be revamped massively
2: what um what would you think of him if he had if he if he does turn united down and to be honest from our perspective and listening to what he says it 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 does seem like he will turn you down and it seems like he's at tottenham for the long haul i mean the recent quote was that he the contract doesn't mean that he'll be here next season it's entirely up to the chairman he's talked a lot about loyalty in the past and and in a, a way that you don't really hear from people inside football so would you, even though you'd end up without the manager you want, what, 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 how would that make you feel about him? Would you respect him more? Would you want him more? Or would you think you're passing up the biggest opportunity of your life?
5: Well, I'd absolutely respect him more. I think for somebody to stick to their principles in this modern game is rare. And for you, it would be, well, he, he already is one of your greatest managers. To turn United down in the, in the current state of affairs because... You know, Spurs are going to go through that period of austerity now that Arsenal had to go through with four or five years because of your new stadium, which is a great stadium that will take the club forward. But without Pochettino there, I think Pochettino knows that Spurs could fall apart. You know, Harry Kane could leave, Ericsson could leave, Ali could leave. And without those, you've got a wonderful stadium, but not the quality of the players to fill it. So I think Pochettino feels a sort of a fatherly responsibility to stay at that squad. But I don't know the ambitions of Pochettino. And that's the, real, that's the question mark I'll always have, no matter what he says in the press. And as I said, he does say some mad stuff. I don't know whether his drive to stay at Spurs and to oversee the project there is going to be superseded by his ambition to win trophies. But given that he's never won a trophy in his career, maybe that isn't the most important thing to him. So when he was, it was mooted that he was going to join Man United, John. What, mm.
2: what did you? What was your first feeling? Was it, was it was it the fact that this actually feels more real than the Real Madrid offer? But or, or
4: yeah, it was a weird. I mean, we did a pod kind of quite close to around when this story was breaking, and I, I think kind of how I explained at the time was was my genuine kind of first reaction, which is that I wasn't that concerned because I think. Poch is the sort of guy, and again, I think it's part of the reason that he brings his philosophy to the club, mm. where loyalty is a big thing to him. And he said it before about you know being a previous Espanol manager means that he can never manage Barcelona. And so he stands by that. And everyone just kind of rules him out of the Barcelona job as a result of him saying that. So for me, it's a case of he he's quite a loyal and honest bloke. And when he says things like, you know, I want to be here for a long time. I want to win things with Tottenham. I want to build this dynasty in this club that's going to be winning things consistently not just win a league cup one year and then not do it again for another ten I take those things as that's his genuine intention unlike a lot of other managers and a lot of people in the game I don't think that he puts that much weight on hot air and trying to spin things I think he's quite matter of fact about how he approaches it you
2: say that but people kind of critics of, of Pochettino's loyalty would say that he left Pochettino uh, left Southampton at the first train, chance of joining Spurs which he said amazing things about Espanol. Mm. he won't manage Barcelona um, there's only three clubs that he'd leave Spurs for New Zealand boys Real Madrid or PSG I think we have one yeah. um, and so far he has been true to his word he has had offers from Real Madrid he has had uh, that massive massive media speculation about him joining Man United that it must have got into his head for him to come out and say all the things he did about staying for 20 years or whatever it is 15 years and there were some cryptic messages in there, but he, he often doesn't say, he says what he intends to, not what he feels mm. sometimes. And I just think um, out of all of the managers and players that I've heard talk about their clubs that they belong to at that time, Pochettino seems among the most genuine. Mm. I can't see him stiffing us. I can't see him leaving. And then that kind of loyalty, it's, it kind of makes belonging to Spurs at this stage even greater yeah. Because we've got a manager who, who's the head of our football club is the kind of the kind of pinnacle of what Tottenham is at the moment. The manager is always that person. For him to behave in that way is only a good thing. And I just think when, when that Man United job came up that it wasn't really an issue. And there was a part of me that was worried to some degree but because of the kind of lack of backing, lack of money, lack of stadiums of playing. I never really doubted him. What, what do you think of his loyalty and the way he conducts himself as a manager, Rick.
3: I mean, uh, I'm going to... Uh, I'll agree with everything that John said. Uh, for, for me personally, if if Levy doesn't want a player or a manager to go, he doesn't want them to go. But then if the player, Berbatov, Keane, they want to go, they'll go. Yeah. Uh, with Potch, I think he, he would have had the chance to, to go to United. And he hasn't taken that... And I also think as well that if you look in in the history between United and Spurs, United obviously bigger, one more, and stuff like that. And at this very moment of where we're arriving and where they're arriving, it's very different. I mean, how would you feel? Like it's a lot of pressure walking into a United job and expecting to to start bouncing trophies in straight, that, off
2: no, off, <clears throat> straight off the back. True, but I think he would have been given actual a kind of time and a platform to 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 do his thing. At Man United.
3: I, I don't think he would have been allowed the four years that he's been allowed at Tottenham mm-hmm. to start mm-hmm. I think it would have been like two years leeway or, or whatever um, and, and then questions would have been asked and in, in that time that they may have lost cup games or whatever and that, you know, that the um, that in, in your conscience that, that, that seeks in is he the right person well, but mm-hmm. at Spurs where we're arriving uh, with this world-class stadium, uh, training facilities uh, and everything that comes comes with it the more greater prestige of doing that with Tottenham than a team so established as United
2: I, I don't believe that the reason why he stayed was because of the stadium was because of um, the prestige I just feel like he, he understands what he's doing here mm. and that he that he believes in his, his, his project he believes in what he's doing and he's not ready yet to it's not done not finished it's not done yeah and and I don't think any club would drag him away.
3: Yeah,
2: and and, and I think that's what it's about. But like he loves the romanticism about yeah. it. But also he realizes that there's a vision here, mm. and he he feels he can fulfill it. And it, like you say, Rick, if he does it at Spurs, the glory is so much more significant because yeah. you could imagine a time if we do win a league,
3: yeah, yeah,
2: or if we do win a Champions League, like, I don't know, it's madness. Mm, but yeah, yeah. if we do win a league and we can win that league because of him, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Imagine the situation we're we're gonna be in. Yeah. What did you lot just say? What was you talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. League champions, cheers. Yeah. yeah. Well,
4: that that's the thing for me. I, I do I actually do think that, that that idea of a legacy of that emotional side, I do think that's a big driving force for Poch. Because I, I, I think that he looks at it um from a point of, yeah, I've got a project and I want to complete it. But because he pours his emotion in and his beliefs and his views and his ethos into the players, I think that he can't help but be caught up with the idea of if he goes to United and wins the league there. Who cares? Like everyone's still going to compare you to Ferguson. You're never going to stand out. If you yeah. go to Real Madrid and win the Champions League twice in a row, Zidane did it three times in a row. Yeah. So no one's going to care. If you win the league with us, you will be like not just for us, but in world football, people will be like, "Wow, that's an amazing achievement in that league to, to win that with that club." You know, it's amazing.
2: Speaking of world football, we spoke to European football expert Andy Brassel, who works for the BBC, BT Sport, and ESPN, to find out how Pochettino is viewed on the continent. So, Andy, what, what's your overall opinion of? Uh, Pochettino as tenure at Tottenham
6: he's done a terrific job and um, it's it's very hard to argue with that I think um, uh, uh, they've got a greater identity a stronger identity a more definite identity than they have uh, had at any point uh, during the Premier League era and I realize football shouldn't just be defined during the Premier League uh, years, But given that that's a 25-year stretch, I think it's a, a marked stretch of recent history and um, as good a one as as, as any to use in, in this situation. I think people forget how bad Spurs were and how little they counted, really, for the first 15 years or so of, of, of the Premier League. So um, for them to have a, a situation where everyone knows what sort of team Tottenham are, what they're about, um, and they've got themselves in a position where they look pretty good in, in the Champions League places, despite the com- comeback of Manchester United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, um, speaks volumes for, for what he's he's managed to do in terms of create a, a team ethic and a winning mentality.
2: But that's, that's what he's created already. That's what he's done. And I don't think there'd be many Spurs fans out there that would disagree with what you've just said. But it's getting to a stage now where they believe he's become something of a a nodding dog for for Levy. And he's kind of not making Levy's job hard enough. Do you understand what they might mean by that?
6: Um, I I do. Um, But on the other hand, if you're prepared to go to war with uh, your, your chairman or your board over transfers, you've got to be prepared to go the whole way. And is Pochettino really prepared to leave Tottenham over what he sees or might see as a lack of investment? I don't think so. I think he's playing the long game here. I can understand where people are coming from—that maybe they feel he should threaten the the, the the chairman to to try and get a little bit more out of the pot. But if that's not the way Tottenham are going, that's not the way Tottenham are going. And I, I think if you look at you know it's the the, the famous. Picture of uh, Pochettino with his arm round player uh, getting uh, their signature on the dotted line. They've spent money in that way uh, and investment in wages is not negligible at all in a Premier League context in in this day and age. I think you look at the contracts that uh, Ali are on, Harry Kane is on, and that's so important. To me, that's more important going into the new stadium than than buying any player, Um, getting Harry Kane there because I think it's probably something we've talked about before. If I think of my my seven-year-old and at his school, um, everyone pretty much in his class supports Tottenham. Now, everyone when I was a kid in in my class many moons ago, supported Liverpool Liverpool but that's because Liverpool won everything Tottenham as people who love to take the mickey out of them are so keen to remind us haven't won anything but yet without winning anything they're hugely hugely popular amongst the new generation of football fans and that is mainly down to Harry Kane so as probably the most iconic footballer in in, in British life really since probably since Paul Gascoigne actually he's some. Thing that especially as Tottenham go on to, uh, into this new era, that they have to cling on to. And I think bearing in mind that there is obviously a slight cutback, a slight uh, withdrawal of, of, of resources on the playing side when you move into a new stadium or you have major renovations on your new stadium, look at how Real Madrid aren't really spending money at the moment with their plans for the Berta I think. Um, they've got their priorities in the right order, even though I can understand people's frustration with them not signing new players. Um, um, what, what is the opinion of the press and, as
2: much as you can know, the the kind of teams and, and I guess, the fans from abroad of, of Pochettino?
6: Um, well, it's, it's very, very favourable. I, I think, obviously, focus on Spain, mainly, um, where he's consistently linked with the Real Madrid job and has been for a, a couple of years. Now, Obviously, Real Madrid themselves have said to to Pochettino, well, if you don't come this time, maybe we'll never come back for you. But he knows that's nonsense. He's smart and um, he knows that um, if he leaves Tottenham behind, that's it. He's not coming back. Um, if he goes to Real Madrid and he has a bit of a difficult start, maybe he's gone in six months. So I think he's, he's smart again to, 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 to play the long game. The way the... The, the media talk about him in Spain, it's clear that um, his status is, is not diminishing, uh, but by any stretch of the imagination. And of course, fans are, are very aware of him. He's uh, someone who's regarded as very loyal for his stint with Espanyol, uh, for his links with them, through the fact that obviously that he's said no to Barcelona. He said no to the idea of Barcelona, I should say, um, about coming becoming their coach because of, of what he feels about Espanol. and of course, if you go over to France, uh, people know him as as a smart guy, as as a leader, and that's something that's been evident throughout his his, his playing career. So um, I'm I'm sure Paris Saint Germain would be very keen if the opportunity were to arise. I don't think that's the way the wind's blowing at all, but it's clear that he's got enormous respect from the media in a, a whole number of countries and not just the ones like Spain and France that know him so well. He said
2: that he wanted to start a debate recently over the value of cup competitions and, and uh, that finishing in the top four is more, more important. Obviously, this comes off the back of playing two weakened sides, although the one against Chelsea was kind of forced upon him, but the one against Palace, it was a kind of conscientious decision to play a weakened side to protect our league form. It, why do you think he's... He even talked about it. Why, why didn't he just sort of let it go and just said, look, we've got injuries. We've got a lack of playing staff. We were forced to do this rather than him saying, you know, we don't really respect these
6: cups. I agree with you. I think he should have left it. And I think uh, in a Spurs context, the most concerning thing, if I was a Spurs fan for me, would be the fact that it's a bit too close to Arsene Wenger territory, really, isn't it? I mean, that's, that's the concern. It's the sort of thing that you would have expected him to come out with in his, his closing years at Arsenal. Now, I'm not comparing the dynamic of... of of the coaches to each other I don't don't think that's fair or or reasonable the club obviously will believe that qualifying for the Champions League is, is, is more important than any cup competition I think you look at what you make out of it there's absolutely no contest especially with the top four guaranteeing now a place in the group stage of the Champions League that completely changes things as well you know there's no uncertainty you know at the end of, the, of May that, that you're all in for, for next season and that helps enormously in terms of budgeting whereas a, a playoff if you arrived in fourth place like really skewed things and left a lot of doubt in terms of planning for, for, for the next season I can understand for for fans of course that Cup competitions do matter; they really do matter, and they, they should matter. They, they, they're great moments um, in, in, our, in our footballing lives as, as supporters. On the other hand, I think you have to look at the major cup competitions across Europe over the, the last couple of seasons. You, you know, you look at Paris Saint-Germain winning the French Cup the last four times, Juventus winning the Coppa Italia the last four times, Barcelona winning the Copa del Rey in the last four editions, and then you go back outside. Um, I, I guess in the last 10 years, the only club outside Chelsea, City, United and Arsenal to have won the, won the cup is um, is Wigan in, in what was a real shock. So uh, I can understand why uh, Pochettino might think it's, it's a lot of effort for something that's, you know, a nice trinket, but nevertheless a trinket and not something that's going to help him continue to pull Spurs in the direction that, that, that he wants to. Um, why he feels the need to be publicly vindicated about this, I, I don't know. I guess that would just be, um, th- that would just be maybe, maybe he's annoyed by the by the chatter of, he's falling short or, you know, this concept of, Of spursiness maybe that's something that that he feels a bit prickly about and and doesn't like because he feels such an affinity to the club now but um, yeah I agree he should let it go how do you think Pochettino handles the press because when he joined
2: Tottenham famously at Southampton he he refused to speak in English use a translator he joined Tottenham and I think it was made clear to him that you can't you can speak English you can do this so we're going to insist that you speak in English to our press because suddenly he went from translator to speaking English and in um, in the press conferences, and he has tripped himself up. Just recently, he talked about the kind of top four over trophies and talking about trophies being the kind of um, an ego-driven kind of crusade, and then corrected himself. So he's still kind of struggling with it. But how do you think overall his handling of the press has been?
3: Uh, I think his handling of the press has been has been great, really. Um, I, I think he's shown sides where he has been snappy, where things have pissed him off, mm. uh, and he's been very aggressive in the, in in uh, in his retort to journalists. Yeah, he can be
2: temperamental. You know.
3: And uh, I, and I've also seen the the kind of joking jovial side where he has been a bit more relaxed and he's a bit more welcoming. But also as well, there there are times where I read uh, and listen to his interviews. He says words, but he doesn't actually say anything. Mm, where mm. it's like, uh, yes, we know we have to be where we have to be. be better at football, yeah. we have to be a group, and we have yeah. to play together. With the right mentality. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's, it's all throwaway cliche comments. Yeah. he's given nothing away, but he's taking up three minutes of that time. Like, I'm like, I know I have to be here. I know I have to say words to you, mm. and you're going to write about those words. But I ain't giving you fucking anything. It's weird that
2: sometimes <laughs> he's chosen to actually engage in or create conversation whereas yeah. otherwise like, as you said he just kind of gives throwaway comments yeah. um, and, and it kind of feels like he does have control of the media um, what do you think John? Yeah I, I kind of agree with what you boys are saying in terms
4: of like he just does the right thing at the right time with the press and I quite like that, that he, he kind of is like a statesman of the club and he, he protects the club and, and the club's first interest is always what's on his mind and I think that if you look at all the best managers over time they've always done that they manipulate the press to whatever suits him if like now, there's a bit of a siege mentality, and he's like, "Well, this is what we this is the way we're kind of aiming because we believe this is more important." Mm. Now he has to get the the result. This, you know, obviously, you know, the next couple of games are important for us in terms of home games in the league. He has to get those results in. If that happens, then I think he'll be sort of proved right, and he'll be able to kind of push it that way and be more positive. If it doesn't, then I think he'll be looking to like build a kind of siege mentality.
2: You know, I understand how successful po- Pochettino is as a top flight manager. Is is understanding how he engages with the press because it becomes such an important thing and so we spoke to the Evening Standards uh, journalist Dan Pilpatrick, who has interviewed Pochettino on a number of occasions and just today as we we're recording went to the press conference with him um, so he talks about how, how he understands uh, Pochettino's handling in press and how important that is. So what's your opinion of Pochettino's time that spurs them?
7: Well, it's obviously been hugely successful in in the the progress the club has made. Um, It's hard really to have any other opinion apart from that, I think. Uh, If you look at where Spurs were when he came to the club in May 2014, the state of the squad, the disconnect between supporters and um, the club, um, I think he's changed all that. Um, He's created this kind of thread of unity that, that runs right through the club um feels like it goes from the boardroom to the, the terraces. And I appreciate that's been eroded um, this season with the Wembley move and the stadium communications. But I still think, you know, when Spurs get into the new stadium, um, that will be back. And, and Pochettino will be the, the kind of man holding it all together. Um, I struggle to think of any other club in the country where the mood is... So defined by one man, so defined by the manager. You know, possibly Man United under Mourinho um, was similar. But I think you know, if Poch is downbeat, if he seems miserable, then Spurs fans are miserable. It feels like there's a black cloud hanging over the club. If Poch is in a good mood, he's happy. Um, then I think Spurs fans are happy, and it feels like all is well with the club, and they've got kind of unlimited
2: potential. So having been with him in uh, press conferences many, many, many times. Um, What what do you make of his relationship with the media? Well, in one
7: respect, it's very arm's length. Um, I wasn't around for Harry and Tim, uh, but it's quite common knowledge, I think, that a lot of reporters who went regularly would have had their phone numbers or at least the phone numbers of someone in their backroom team. Uh, So they had a direct line to the manager. They could call after a press conference and check something. They could call during the week and and maybe get, you know, a line or a steer or a story um and to the best of my knowledge you know no one's got that kind of relationship with pochettino um he he keeps the media um as i said at arm's length and of course he doesn't have an agent so you can't call up his agent and say you know what's happening with mauricio what's he thinking so he keeps everyone guessing really really well and that's one of his skills i think at press conferences he will often um go through an entire press conference and, and say three or four things that directly contradict uh, themselves. And the best example was, was when the Man New job came up. I think uh, if, if you looked at the transcript of that press conference, which is available, if you're a Man United fan, you'd probably be thinking, good news, he wants to join. Uh, if you're a Spurs fan, you'd probably be thinking, he definitely wants to stay at the club. You know, he said lots of things um, that, that, that could go either way. Uh, And it was the same when the Real Madrid job came up in the summer as well. Uh, He's very good at that. Um, But on the whole, I think it's at arm's length, but he's got a very good relationship with the media. He's very warm. He's friendly. He jokes. He's chatty off camera and and off the record. Um, And and generally, the media respond very well to him. Uh,
2: Do you think he kind of sees his obligations to the media as uh, an irritant? though? Would he rather not be in that room with you?
7: No, I don't think so. I think he quite enjoys it. Uh, I think you can tell within the first kind of five or six minutes of a Pochettino press conference whether he's in the mood. January 29th, before the Watford game, he was in in a really uh, verbose, kind of chatty mood, and he spoke for twenty five minutes. He didn't say a great deal, but it was a lot on the project. Um, his comments about. Um, Cup competitions being about ego and not changing anything. He, he really wanted to explain them. Um, and you could see that he was kind of enjoying himself. Um, you know, he said, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want you to misinterpret my ego comments and then spoke for 25 minutes about them. So um, read into that what you want. But I think he I think he enjoys it. I think like any manager, it can get. um a bit repetitive a bit trying and he made a joke the other week to the sky reporter that he sees him more often than his wife which is probably true because he has so many media obligations especially at this time of year when there's normally three games a week uh he has to do three pre-match press conferences three post-match press conferences and then you know not to mention sky bt all, all the broadcast stuff so i'm sure it can get trying but i think on the whole Pochettino, now he's mastered english i think he quite enjoys it
2: uh, do the press like him, do you think? And and Tottenham, in, in your opinion, because a, a lot of Spurs fans around there are saying like the press have an anti-Tottenham agenda, and I think a lot of fans feel that about their own clubs. But do you think there's anything in the press that that? Suggests- I think
7: I think it's literally the opposite. Of that I think honestly, the the press, if and I don't uh, I don't buy the bias or agenda stuff. But I think if anything, Pochettino gets a slightly easier ride, than perhaps he could. He would do if he was less of a warm and likable character. I think vast majority of the reporters that regularly go to Spurs and report on the games and press conferences really like Pochettino. Uh, they like they enjoy listening to him. They like getting his views on you know anything from kind of VAR to diving to, to you know, spending, um, and he generally gets I think a, a fair. Um, yeah, he gets fair coverage I think uh, because he is well liked and because people recognise the position he's in and the job he's done um, I think the other thing I would say just while we're on press conferences is that he's in quite an unusual position Pochettino because he is the de facto spokesperson for Tottenham which isn't the same at every club um, I think at other clubs in the country you'll have um, a chairman who's much more willing to speak to the media, possibly. Or you might have a chief executive who does media briefings, um, he steers off the record. At Spurs, obviously, you've got Levy, who is very media shy and doesn't want to do any interviews. Um, and the rest of the board aren't really public figures. Uh, so Pochettino, and he's acknowledged this recently, is the face of the club. Um, and when something happens that's not necessarily football related, like the stadium or... Um, you know the transfer business, uh, or the lack thereof, or you know thinking back to Danny Rose's explosive interview in the sun on the eve of um, last season. You know when something like that happens, it's for Pochettino to come out and explain it. So he's in quite an unusual position, and I think normally he, he's absolutely brilliant at um, diffusing those situations and you know giving a kind of media masterclass in how to make an issue uh, seem. Um, less serious than it was
2: before the press conference. Do you think there's anything in this kind of accusation that he's a nodding dog for Daniel Levy?
7: Personally, not really. I think, I think there's, I think there's an element of, um, well, you know, with, with any, with any kind of professional manager, um, there's an element of sometimes having to, perhaps, be economical with the truth, shall we say? You know, he will, he will have to say things publicly that perhaps he. Um, you know, if it, perhaps privately he wouldn't say, but the, Pochettino is a professional, you know, he's not like a, a Mourinho, for instance, who's just going to come out and, um, you know, very obviously dig at his chief executive and his chairman. He just doesn't do that. I think there's quite a common misconception at Spurs that uh, Levy is the driving force behind the lack of spending and and leaves the reason Spurs haven't bought a player for, closing in on a year now. But I think, yeah, a big part of it is Pochettino. I think he's probably very fussy um, and um, yeah, he's the one putting the brakes on, on some of the transfer stuff. So I think in many respects that the perception from outside the club is probably too much in favour of Pochettino.
2: And how do you see this playing out for Pochettino at Spurs? You know, one minute he's linked with Man United. He's turning down Real Madrid. He's saying things in press conferences that would, you know, leave a lot of people confused about what his true intentions are. I think most Spurs fans believe his loyalty to the club and believe that he will be around for as long as he wants to be. What do you see the kind of next five years for Pochettino?
7: It's a tricky one. I mean, as as I said, and as you've just said, like he, he really keeps you guessing, and it's it is so difficult to to know what he's thinking because his messages can be so mixed. I mean, even yesterday, he was saying, he said, I think verbatim, you know, I will stay with the club and help them achieve all they want till the end. And then a few minutes later, in a separate briefing for, for the newspapers, he was saying, oh, you know, I can't, I can't guarantee I'll be here next season, and that's for Daniel. Um, so, so I, I, honestly, I can't predict it, but I think my gut feeling is that he's more likely to stay in the summer than go, even though Manu. You know, definitely want him I think he almost quite enjoys this underdog mentality that he's he's fostering at Spurs I think he quite enjoys um you know not having the resources of the other clubs and, and competing you know matching them in the Premier League and competing with them um and I think genuinely you know when when or if Spurs do finally you know win a trophy or you know, do something uh, special then I think he would you know be the first one to well, I think he he would enjoy it all the more because of the process and because of the journey he's been on. So I, I do buy that when he says that. But you know, I also think you know, the the lure of potentially going to United and you know, competing on an even kilter to Guardiola, you know, knocking Guardiola and Klopp, um, who he's he's not massive fans of either of those managers, but you know, to knock them off their perch you know, would be very tempting. And I think yeah, it's increasingly looks difficult for him to do that at Spurs in the next kind of
2: five years. So how does all this play out, boys? How does you know five years down down the road? Where do you see Pochettino? Is he still at Spurs? Have we done better things? Have, have we given him the money? You know, what, what can you see past the next season or so? Oh
3: uh, man, that's that's <laughs> a tough question. Yeah. It's a tough question. Uh, the next, Football moves fast, uh, is not it? He does move fast, and like, I'd be uh, and yeah, uh, you know, well, I wouldn't say I'd be an idiot here to say like uh, you know I, I still see him in five years. I'm living this moment now and I'm speaking of this moment and for me personally he has a project that he feels he hasn't finished and I think that by the time we move into this stadium which we are all hoping is going to be March 2019 and as we look forward I think then you have that three years of grace of transition going into the stadium Funds being available because they were a bit, we were a bit hamstrung because of the the late, uh, lateness of it, mm. um, and, and where we go from from there, and depending on how we do with our domestic trophies and the league and how high we are uh, are up the league, and if we are actually challenging or just floating around fourth spot, um, then it, you know, I I still believe that he he will be there and I get the feeling that he will want to be he'll be stubborn in the fact that he still believes that he'll, he'll win the league Will we have that won the league
2: in the next five years Ricky?
3: I, I think I don't think we would have won the league in the next five years John
4: Bass Yes we'll have one league title in the bag Kane will be captain there'll be talks of well, how do we start naming stands in the new
2: ground Yeah, um, <laughs> we, we, we'll have one We'll have one in the back. That'd Don't
3: be worry.
2: amazing, man. I, just, just think about it. I, I understand why questions are starting to be asked of Pochettino and, and, and whether or not he is kind of a nodding dog of Levy. Because from from a fan's perspective, you kind of want clubs to spend money. You want your club to spend money. You want to bring players in. It's exciting and kind of it shows that there's an intent at the club and other clubs are doing it as well. And you want to match them and you want to be on that level. And I can understand why they think. Well, why isn't Pochettino putting more pressure on? Mm. Um, but I think maybe we're going about it a different way and and the, the the result may be a Premier League trophy in the next five years and like John I, I think it's the second time you was on the first time on, and you were on you talked about just sticking with it yeah. this is a merry-go-round and if you're consistent you'll get your, your reward at the end yeah. I think the only way that we can guarantee being consistent is with Pochettino at the helm because he's the he's the be-all and end-all with, uh, uh, with this current kind of crop of players and the scenario we find ourselves in we lose Pochettino then it, anything could happen it's a lottery
3: yeah then we then we flip back to the last 15 years of yeah. the manager American you round so.
2: you'd think so for yeah. sure alright yeah. hope you enjoyed this slightly different version of Fighting Good Podcast we're going to be doing more bits and pieces like that I want to say thank you Ricky no problems you, John Bass peace and thank you Poggino it's the in.
1: it's the fighting it's Clock. it's the fighting it's the fighting. Cock. Come on. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.